Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. Thank you all so much for tuning in. You are halfway through the week, and we have tons to talk about. Obviously, the New Hampshire primary is coming up. We're going to keep you posted on that. We've got a lot of great guests. We have some awesome sound, a lot of amusing stories out there. And there were two stories, maybe three, maybe four, that I want to focus on in this opening. Um, And one of them that I'm really glad we talked about John Kerry yesterday. I'm glad we talked about Davos. Because Davos is in the news and John Kerry was hounded by a reporter, the last real reporter alive, apparently. And I want to get to that in a second. But first, Jared, I wanted to bring up this Hunter Biden story because reportedly Hunter Biden's remember the remember the gun that was dropped, not by Hunter at the time, I believe the gun was dropped off by Hunter's ex-lover slash sister-in-law slash Hunter's brother's widow, Hallie. She found his gun and dropped it in the trash can across the street from a high school. Tale as old as time. Who among us hasn't had a similar situation? And so we've known about this gun for a long time, and it's become a big problem for Hunter Because when he filled out a form to get a gun, he lied and said that he was not on drugs. Now, he wrote about this in his book. And I always think of Andrew Cuomo, because when Andrew Cuomo was getting in his fair share of legal problems because of the retirement homes in New York City, and anyone who, you know, would listen to Janice Dean and other people They were there was a lot of people who thought he was very much responsible for sending COVID-19 infected people into these retirement homes with this very susceptible community. And it led to a lot of deaths. And he decided to write a book because he's so arrogant. He wanted to brag about what a bang up job he did as the governor of New York. And I think it was Janice Dean or somebody on Twitter pointed out at the time. It's a wonderful thing to get a blueprint of all of the crimes. Like when you have such an arrogant fraudster or such an arrogant criminal and they decide to write it all down for you, it's very nice. And that's the part of Hunter that I really appreciate. So now we're finding out because when when we talked about this gun form, I remember thinking there's really no way to prove. Like, sure, you can look at his memoir and the timeline doesn't really make sense that he was clean when he got this gun. In fact, the timeline in the book runs very contrary to that. But even then, Jared, I was thinking, yeah, but you can always say like, oh, no, I was, you know, I misremembered. It's, it's hard. You know, there's no way to really pin it down that he was on drugs at the time, unless there's cocaine on the gun holder. And that changes things a little bit. 
And so I want to read you just just a few lines here from the New York Post. Five years after the now 53-year-old sister-in-law turned lover, Hallie Biden dumped Hunter's firearm in a trash can behind a grocery store in Delaware. By the way, I think the grocery store, they were family friends of the Bidens, if I remember that correctly. So that's your that's your thanks for being a good family friend of the Bidens. We're going to drop a gun off in the trash can near your business. Just good people through and through. FBI officials re-examined the pistol. Now, remember a couple weeks ago, there was a piece, I believe it was in Politico, and it talked about how the Hunter Biden team, all of these wonderful lawyers, you know, that must be encouraging him to pull all these political stunts, like crashing the congressional hearing, which that that played really well. Good job. Good job, guys. A plus. All of these lawyers now are helping Hunter with this new strategy, and it's a more aggressive strategy. He's playing offense. And the piece that I was reading from a couple of weeks ago discussed whether or not this was a good idea and whether or not the people in the White House thought this was a good idea. Some people thought, and obviously everyone wants to be anonymous, but some people thought, yeah, like it, it's his time. He should fight back. The Republicans keep pouncing and seizing and weaponizing on, all, on his troubled past. He should fight back. And then there were other people in the White House who said, oh, my gosh, go away. This is too much. You're not helping. I think it's safe to say that the go away contingency was onto something because all of these aggressive legal fights that he's pursuing are backfiring in such a big way. And I'll give you an example. So his team decides to attempt to dismiss these weapons charges that have been filed against him. And in response, The federal prosecutors are now alleging that the gun pouch tested positive for cocaine. Now, I'm not saying that wouldn't have come out if he wasn't trying to get these dismissed, but I I have to think this is a a move on their part to say like, hey, we we got you, so you might want to shut up, which we know Hunter Biden doesn't take that direction well to begin with. It says agents removed the sealed Colt Cobra 38 SPL revolver from a state police vault to photograph the weapon sometime last year and found white powder on the pouch that held the weapon. A court filing from special counsel David Weiss revealed an FBI chemist subsequently analyzed the residue and determined that it was cocaine. To be clear, the prosecution motion added investigators literally found drugs on the pouch where the defendant had kept his gun. What I, what I appreciate about this is that every time Hunter Biden is in the news, it's the old too cute by half, but he takes it to a whole nother level. It's, a, it's not enough, for example, it's not enough that he decides to record himself having sex with women, record himself, you know, in bathtubs smoking crack or, you know, in his, in his underwear and take photos. of He takes photos of absolutely everything. X-rated photos. That's that's not bad enough. He has to leave that laptop at a repair shop and abandon it there for months. Do you see what I mean? It's like anything where you normally would think, ooh, that's bad. Hunter says, hold my beer. I'm going to make it so much worse. Oh, oh, you think it's bad that uh, my ex-lover slash sister-in-law dumped my gun in a trash can? Well... How about when you find out there's cocaine all over the holster? It's like, someone's got to give this dude a round of applause. 
it's pretty amazing what he's able to accomplish. Oh, oh, you think it's you think it's bad that I won't acknowledge my child with a with a stripper that I also pretend I didn't know? You think it's bad that even after I demanded a paternity test, I still won't acknowledge her? Well, I'll do you one better. I'm going to fight the child support payments. It's like, dude, whoa. Every time I think he'd be better off just laying low. And, and the average person, the average person who didn't have that Biden confidence, that Biden arrogance, anyone else who was not a complete pompous ass would know when to fold him. But not Hunter. Not Hunter. Speaking of people who are pompous asses, I want to talk a little bit about John Kerry. So John Kerry's at Davos. And we we had this discussion yesterday because there was a piece in the Wall Street Journal that talked about how a lot of conspiracy theorists on the right and the left think that Davos and the World Economic Forum is where all these minds gather and, and try to plot a takeover of the world. And the Wall Street Journal columnist was saying it's actually the complete opposite. It's all these people that get together and they're they're failing. Um, they're failing on all fronts. And whether or not you think they're accomplishing anything, that doesn't really matter here for me. What I want to talk about is that John Kerry was confronted by a reporter. And I want to play this for you. The reporter, because of course, like this, this has to, this is never going to happen here. We don't have any reporters here. This is going to happen in Davos. So the reporter is asking John Kerry about his carbon footprint, which we've seen before. He's been asked about this before, but I would argue, unless I'm forgetting any sort of confrontation, this was the most aggressive questioning I've ever seen John Kerry have to endure. Yeah, there was one person who asked him that a couple of years ago where we got the it's the only choice for somebody like me out of. And in that interview, it was just, hey, could you talk about your carbon footprint he's like well i offset that by the work that i'm blah blah sometimes you get the sense that when they ask the questions certain reporters from certain outlets that they just they have to ask it and then they can say okay i asked it good okay we can move on like it's it's the bare minimum they have to do to pretend they're still journalists this guy does not fall under that category this guy was like peppering him with questions and i love it i love it i want to inject this into my veins this is cut one john Kerry. what's the carbon footprint of these events every single year that you come here you think it's worth it peasants pay for your crimes that's a stupid question is it is it really is it is it is it more stupid than you traveling here to tell us please sorry we're done. We're done. We are done now. You don't grab me. You can't grab us. This is a free society, mate. This is, we have freedom of the press. Why do you think you're more important? Your carbon footprint doesn't matter, but everybody else around the world suggested that. Nobody ever suggested that. Don't make up stupid questions. Being here suggests that. Stupid question. You being here every single year and doing this suggests that. And and I have done a huge amount. Listen. Now, finished, please. why can't I ask him questions? Please. Who are you? A few things. He's absolutely right that being there suggests that the rules don't apply to you. You know, you and all your friends can come in on their private jets. Um, furthermore, the security lady made things worse. 
Like once you once you let on that you're angry, then the reporter just knows they're getting the better of you. And that's what both of these people did. Now, the the last thing I'll say is John Kerry says that's a stupid question. It's the only question. It is the only question that should be asked of these people is how come it's okay for you to damage the climate, but it's not okay for anybody else to? How come the rules that you want all of us to live by, and in fact, you want to enforce them to such a degree that you lower the quality of life for people, but you don't have to abide by those rules? That is not a stupid question. It is the only question that should be asked. And it it blows my mind that this guy is like one of the only people to do it. He should be getting this question every time he goes outside from a reporter. And if we had any reporters left in America, he would be getting that question. 844-500-4242. I said this today to a friend of mine. I said, I've done more for the climate than John Kerry. By not flying private everywhere I go, I have done more for the climate than the climate envoy who's getting paid a lot of money to fix the climate, whatever that means. If he wanted to make a difference in his own life, he could just stop flying private everywhere. Stop going to Davos. And by the way, you might say, well, it's important that they have these summits so they can get together. Because, you know, we know John Kerry is such a brainiac. We need all of his ideas. We need this think tank to keep thriving. We'll do it via Zoom. Zoom was good enough for everybody else during COVID. Zoom was good enough for the Christmas tree lightings, for the children in school, for all of these government officials. They were all Zooming. Who's Zooming who? Why can't you Zoom? Just Zoom it. No, because you wouldn't be able to eat like your fancy shrimp cocktail via Zoom. It's just a giant vacation. That's all these things are. We'll be right back. We'll take your calls, whether it's about Hunter Biden, John Kerry. I've got a story on the border. So much more for the next three hours. This is The Grace Curley Show. The Grace Curley Show will be right back. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. Another quote here in the New York Post is from Weiss's team. They wrote, The defendant's choice to sell a book containing these admissions not only made the government's case against him stronger, but also increased a potential prosecution's general deterrence value. Prosecutors noted that Hunter Biden plowed ahead with writing the book after he was made aware that local authorities had recovered the weapon from an elderly man who was sorting recyclables uh, from the trash can and that there was an ongoing federal investigation into the matter. Again, it's the it's the boldness that I appreciate. It's the boldness that I think makes Hunter such a character. It's like, okay, yeah, I left the gun. Okay, yeah, I wrote in a book that I was on drugs while I had the gun. But let's make this even more poetic. I left cocaine residue on the gun holder. It's like, okay, now we're now we've now we've hit all three. Uh, but Grace, writing it in a book is basically serving your debt to society. So yeah. I don't understand what the what's the big deal here. In his crazy mind, in his crazy privileged mind, I do think that writing the book was like, well, I, I've owned it. I've owned it. So now you, I, I can't be charged with anything. 
because I confessed all my sins to Stephen Colbert on late night TV. And I wrote a book about it. That's not how things work, by the way. You don't get to write a book and then it clears you of any wrongdoing. Tim, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Tim. Hi. So I'm just, I guess I'm just frustrated that it's been going on for four or five years with, with Biden and, and charges and he's found guilty of this, and guilty of that. He, um, he ignores these subpoenas. They don't arrest him when he's in Congress. It just seems to be a big gimmick that they're doing. Yeah, and it's also weird, Tim, that now Weiss is, you know, pretending, because I'm not going to say he's actually going to throw the book at Hunter or that they're actually going to hold Hunter's feet to the fire. But you're right, that they're panicking because they know they got caught with this sweetheart plea deal. They got caught being so in the bag for Hunter and Joe that now they're almost trying to um, counter that by saying, oh, and look, it, and we went back and we looked at the gun holder. Like, none of this. If if it wasn't for Judge Narika. If it wasn't for the IRS whistleblowers, none of this would be happening. Hunter Biden would be squeaky clean. He would have cleaned his hands of all of this. And Tim's right. The the timing of it, like, I don't trust anything that Weiss is doing. I don't think he's doing it you know, to actually deliver any sort of justice or because the wheels of justice grind slowly but exceedingly fine. That's not what's happening here. But it's still amusing to me that... Every time you think Hunter can't screw things up, he he goes a step further. And you know who I who I would love to see the reaction from is Dr. Jill, because I just know I know from the body language of watching those two. I know he drives her completely crazy. And so when she gets this story on her desk in the morning, she must be like, what is wrong with him? She must want to kill him. Adam, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Adam. Thanks, Grace. I uh, just wanted to talk about John Kerry. He's such an ass. I, mean, I, I really mean that. He is. How can we be so pompous to think we can change the climate? We're all being screwed and told the story. We're going to, oh, yeah, electric cars is going to help the climate. All this stuff. We are out to lunch. I mean, you don't have any other countries like China and India, and they're not changing the climate. It's only person that can change the climate is God, and we have four seats. We have spring, summer, fall, and winter. And that's it. And John Kerry flying around on a private jet. And he said, oh, he said, no, I don't have a jet. It's his wife's jet. And yeah, the fly- the like- flying squirrel. But you know what, Adam, what you just said is that, like, oh, he believes he can change the climate. That's the part of this conversation I would love to have because I don't think he believes that. No, he sees dollar signs. You know, George Costanza, it's not a lie if you believe it. These people don't believe it because if they believed everything was as dire as they're saying, Adam, they would cancel this summit of private planes. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Eight four four five hundred forty two forty two. There's a really crazy story out of the Daily Wire by Luke Rosiak. I might try to get him on later this week. He's been on the show before. He's, you know, I just talked about how there's very few journalists left. I would consider him one of the best out there. And he has this story out about how the DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, which you would think they'd be concerned about what's going on at our border, but as we are going to get into, that is not even. 
I don't think that's even cracking their top five of things they're worried about. Instead, they paid an activist group $700,000. That's almost, that's almost the amount that Claudine Gay is getting paid for her tenure at Harvard. That's big money. $700,000 to create self-described propaganda that attacked conservatives, a new investigation found. I actually went through this. It's a pretty long piece, but I really wanted to get to the part about what the propaganda said. And this is one of those weird things where it's like, oh, no, we need to create more propaganda to combat propaganda. Interesting. This is I guess this goes along with the, the left's idea that we need to kill democracy to save democracy. The only way to save democracy is to ban Trump from the ballot so people can't vote for him. I guess this is all along the same kind of thinking. So we will get into that a little bit later. But before we do, I want to do the poll question and I want to talk about the latest bit of fake news that has taken over the mainstream media. Very. And you know what? It's I was reading a, about this latest fake news, and I think it was from Red State where they were saying, well, you know, you'd think they would have learned their lesson. And like we were just saying about John Kerry. Now, this is the point, like the lying is the point. It's not that these these media networks that they're just really sloppy I think that's part of it. But the reason they rush out the fake news is because they know it's going to get corrected. Maybe this happens once or twice and I go, okay, someone got ahead of their skis. Somebody wanted to break a story. But when all of the fake news stories break in the same direction and they're all wrong and everybody runs with it for a couple of hours and then everybody puts out the most weak corrections to the story with no concern about the damage they've done, that's not a coincidence. Like, that's a pattern we need to start acknowledging is purposeful. The lying is the point. So we'll get to that in a second. But first, the poll question is brought to you by the Nosset Beach Inn. Right now, you can stay at the Nosset Beach Inn for under $200 this winter. To reserve your pet-friendly ocean view room, go to NossetBeachInn.com. That's NossetBeachInn.com. Jared, what is the poll question, and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at GraceCurleyShow.com, is who should be Donald Trump's vice president? Vivek Ramaswamy or other? All right. So the reason I, I gave Vivek the top spot here is because he was with Trump last night. Um, they, they teamed up for an event and the crowds were chanting Vivek for VP. Now, this has been floated around before. I believe Trump has said before that it's not going to happen. Um, I, I talked yesterday about how I don't think you can have... How do we describe it, Jared? You can't have two can't quarterbacks? Have two, yeah, you can't have two head coaches. Two head coaches, right. They both have very strong personalities. Um, they're both, you know. You need, you need a Scottie Pippen to your Michael Jordan. You can't have Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson on the same team. You have to have someone who can style flex and someone who can, you know, change a little bit of their personality. Maybe not personality, but who can change it up based off somebody else. And not, and I don't think RFK Jr. can do that. I don't think Vivek can do that. But the people were chanting Vivek for VP, and it got me thinking. And I, and I did kind of think, wow, imagine how hard a time the media would have spinning fake news about this ticket. Because both of them, we talked about this a couple days ago, both of them are great at handling 
the left wing media. Both of them are great at debunking things right on the spot and also turning things on reporters, which I think if you can do it, more people should do it. You should look at the reporter and say, well, why don't you answer this question? You're framing it in a way that you have an opinion. So why don't you have an opinion? And both of these guys are experts at that. Yeah. And somebody uh, X out, I guess, not tweeted out, but they X out. Can you imagine a debate between Kamala and Vivek? <laughs> <laughs> I really can. I mean, you want to talk about, I mean. It wouldn't be fair. Mike Pence destroyed her. And they spun it or whatever, the fly ship. Yeah. yeah. Mike Pence destroyed her. Could you imagine what Vivek would do to her? Vivek, it would be a knockout. Like, it would not even be, it would not even be close. Yeah, so I'm kind of tempted to go to say, yeah, yeah, put him in there. I don't think it would be terrible. I And by the way, I don't agree with everything Vivek has ever said. I, I know that that's something I have to clarify here. I don't agree on all his stances. I think some of the things he says about China, some of the things he says about Taiwan make me raise my eyebrows. I know he's fairly new at this. We don't know all of his opinions. But for me, a huge part of it is how right now, right now, in my opinion, one of the greatest threats we are facing, and you might say, Grace, you sound like Rachel Maddow or you sound like some hyperbolic, you know, nutcase. But I do think one of the biggest issues that we are facing right now is our corrupt media. And so as much as I might not agree with everything Vivek Ramaswamy says, I like how he handles the media. And I do think that's a huge factor. I do think that's really important. You cannot be one of those Republicans the media likes because they like losers and they don't like Vivek. I don't think he's a loser. I don't know if he'd be the best best VP, though. But I got to make a choice, right, Jared? This is what it's all about. Um, I'm going to say, you know what? For the first hour, I'm going to say Vivek. 38% believe Vivek. Ooh. 62% say other. Okay. And if you want to call in and tell us who the other is, if you have a better idea, feel free. Um, all right. Let's talk a little bit about this latest bit of fake news. Did you see this, Jared, what's happening on the border? <laughs> yeah. Another bogus story. This takes me back to the uh, Border Patrol agents whipping Haitian migrant story. I think I don't think April Ryan has even given that up yet. It's been a couple of years now, and she's still going strong with it. Yeah, the the fake news that comes out of the border. And you know what? Hot Air, Hot Air uh, has a really good piece on this because they go through a couple of stories that you might have forgotten. You know, what was a huge fake news story was when all of these celebrities like Julia Roberts and all of the politicians like Elizabeth Warren were melting down about. Trump's family separation policy at the border. And they 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 riled themselves up into such a panic. And they were so apoplectic about this that Trump actually did end up not caving, but he did end up changing their policy because he was getting so much heat from people. Now, these same people, they didn't care if Obama was putting people in cages. They didn't care if Obama was separating families, but they cared about it when it was Trump. AOC had her white jumpsuit on, her red lipstick. You know, she had a little um, little photo shoot at a parking garage, a parking lot near the border. And there was a time photo of a little girl crying. And it was supposed to show you a child being separated from their parent so that Elizabeth Warren could go on TV and say... He's tearing the mamas and the babies. He's tearing the babies from their mama's arms. The only problem was that was totally bogus. The child was reunited with their parent. And the reason the child was crying, as Hot Air points out, is because she was exhausted and hungry 
from being forced to travel miles and miles and miles from her home. Because there's nothing humane about letting people think they can come into this country without any sort of process. You are just incentivizing the abuse of these innocent children. You are incentivizing people to bring their kids through these horrid conditions, which they should not be doing. But that was one bit of fake news. The latest bit of fake news is that there was now there was a, there was a tragedy that occurred. That part of the story was real, but how the media spun it, of course, was void of the facts. So it says the, the original story, and I'm going to read here from Hot Air, talks about how three migrants drown. And this story now it says, unfortunately, a woman and two children did drown in the Rio Grande that night. Now, the way the media is spinning it, and there's so many examples. I have here, I have a stack. The Guardian, AP. I'm going to show you how the media is spinning it. This is The Guardian. Texas officials block U.S. border agents from helping three drowning migrants. Now, what, what an image that would create in your mind if you read that. You think of three people drowning, border agents standing there wanting to help them, and then Texas officials saying, you can't go any further. You're, we're not going to let you help these people. Immediately, if you're a reporter, you should think twice about this and go, does that make any sense? Does that sound like something that would really happen? That Texas officials would see people drowning and, and block other people from trying to help them? Is that how little the media thinks of these Texas officials, that they think that's what they would do? Texas, here's another one from the Rolling Stone. I would go through the, the list of stories they've gotten wrong over the years. But unfortunately, we do not have time. Texas physically barred Border Patrol from attempting to save migrants who drowned. Forbes. Texas blasted as cruel, inhumane by Homeland Security after blocking rescue efforts for three migrants that drowned. Here's Newsweek for you. Greg Abbott, that's the governor of Texas, who's the worst person in the world because he's sending migrants to these blue sanctuary cities that don't actually want to be sanctuary cities anymore. Greg Abbott condemned after migrant children drown. And then colon, it says, murder. Greg Abbott took his wheelchair into the water to elbow a child. Two children and a woman drowned in the Rio Grande, authorities say, days after Texas blocked the feds amid migrant crisis. This is the New York Times. A woman and two children drowned in the Rio Grande, officials said Saturday. Border Patrol officials have complained that Governor Greg Abbott's security measures in Texas have made it harder for federal agents to help migrants in distress. Now, there's an important fact in this story that got lost. That's me being generous. When I say a fact got lost in this case, got buried, got purposefully ignored by the media to create this narrative that Greg Abbott and his fellow evil officials watched these three people drown and didn't do anything to help. And, and not only didn't do anything to help, but refused to let other people do anything to help. The level of cruelty, the level of pure evil for that to be true. I mean, you'd have to question it if you're a journalist. Whenever you get a story like that and it confirms so much of what you already believe because these people hate greg abbott these people hate the people in texas they think they're they're evil racist bigots 
with hate in their hearts. And so naturally, when they get a story like this, it confirms all of the biases that they already have for these people. And if that happens, if something confirms everything like that, you should take a second and you should go, this feels a little too on the nose. Maybe I should double check. But if you double check, it might end up being wrong and then you can't run with it for a few hours. And what's what's what good is that? So let me give you the real story. A woman and two children did tragically drown in the Rio Grande. That part is true. But it happened a full hour before Border Patrol showed up. By the time they arrived, it was far too late to matter. Now, obviously, the outcome of both of these narratives is sadly the same. But there's a big difference between these agents showing up and realizing these people have drowned, there's nothing they can do, versus Greg Abbott and his band of mischievous, mustache-twirling, evil people telling these agents, you can't help them, we're blocking you from saving them. That, that is just, it's absurd. It's absurd. 844-500-4242. And by the way, the uh, DOJ has actually come out and corrected this. It says, this is from Drew Holden. CBS News rushed out a scoop that Texas officials had physically blocked the Border Patrol from rescuing drowning migrants. It wasn't true. While CBS has since corrected the story, it kicked off a mini news cycle ready-made to smear Republicans. Now, I, I think... And I'm, I'm trying to find it here. I believe it was the White House that's already come out and said, was it the White House or the DOJ came out and said, that's this is not true. But they the left got some mileage out of it for a while. They're, it's sick. It's sick. And that's why I go back to it is important how these candidates handle the media, because the media are worse, in my opinion, are worse than the Democrats. The Democrats, you know, that's their job. They're trying to push an agenda. They're trying to smear their enemies. But the media's actual role in our society is supposed to be giving people the truth so they can make their own decisions and instead they're just constantly lying to try to make republicans look bad and this stuff is only going to increase as we head into the election it's only going to get worse so you know, really do some double checking here before you believe any of these stories that you're about to see. We'll be right back. We'll take your calls. This is the Grace Curley Show. And before we go to break, I wanted to let people know that the Nossip Beach Inn just opened reservations for winter getaways. This is a beautiful time of year. Jared, today's a day I'd love yes. to be on the beach because it's sunny. You can enjoy this time of year. And there's no better place than the Nossip Beach Inn. Yeah, sunny and crisp. This is a day that you want to be. I mean, it's the Cape in winter. Anybody who's been down there knows how special it is. But this is a day where you want to walk along the beach. And you can do that at Nossip Beach Inn because you are steps from the beach, whatever room you're in, and the all-around atmosphere at the Nossip Beach Inn. It's so tranquil. You can hear the ocean. Uh, you get that calm serenity that comes from being at the beach in winter. What I love is that you can see the stars at night. You can watch the sunrise. Uh, we actually, my wife and I, we went down there. We watched the sunrise sitting outside at the fire pit while we were drinking our morning coffee, so we were nice and cozy. But even if it is too cold, you can stay inside the room because every room comes with its own fireplace and a picture window. So you still get that incredible view no matter where you are. It's pet friendly. You know, it's a great time to bring your dog to the beach. Just let him run around, walk your dog around there. Friendly people, pet friendly, cozy. I can't say enough about the Nasset Beach Inn. 
And all you have to do is go to NossetBeachInn.com to get your room today. Again, if you want to enjoy this beautiful spot on the Cape, go to NossetBeachInn.com. That's NossetBeachInn.com. So it was the DOJ, which I think is important to, to point out here, that the Biden administration, just like they did with the Haitian migrant story, they rushed to confirm this fake news. They rushed to the cameras to to express how horrified they were by this fake news. And their own DOJ had to refute the story because it was bogus. This is the best and brightest. This is the Biden administration. And, and they, they never want to they never want to actually try to fix the problem. They only want to come out if they think they can blame Republicans for something. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. I'm taking all your firearm and self-defense questions every Tuesday. Join Grace and me for 2A Tuesday, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. This is the Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. I don't have a ton of time here to get into some of the other stories I I have on deck, so I'm going to save a lot of them. I will tell you this, though. We talked a little bit about electric vehicles yesterday because there was a great news report out of Chicago. Not great for the people who have electric vehicles, but it was was kind of amusing. Um, It was all these people... And they were trying to charge their cars. And I do hope that everyone's okay, because I know that can be dangerous, especially for people who have, you know, kids and, and families trying to travel. But one of the one of the people being interviewed said it's like a it's it's just a bunch of dead robots because the vehicles couldn't take a charge and the charging stations. There's not a lot of them. And I actually have a story here from Breitbart, and it says 65 percent of Americans Unlikely to buy electric cars as they strand drivers in winter freeze. So this is Rasmussen, and they came out with this poll. 65%, including 37%, who said they are not at all likely to buy an EV. Fewer than 3 in 10 Americans said they would consider buying an EV. Now, this is very, very bad news for the Biden administration and for John Kerry, and for the climate activists, because they've gone all in on these EVs. But I like how it says they're unlikely to buy an EV, and I'm sitting here, Jared, not to sound like you, but I'm sitting here going, you think in a couple of years you're going to have a choice? This isn't something you're going to get to decide. The decision has been made for you. We'll be right back. <laughs> 